Perendia është më shumë i lavdëruar në ne, kur ne jemi më shumë të kënaqur në të. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. That's what you just heard from our friend Andy. Andy is bringing Desiring God's Resources to the nation of Albania. And you'll hear all about what he's working on in just a moment. Our motto applies to every nation, and it applies to all of life. We want to glorify God in all that we do by enjoying Him in all that we do. And that includes our work. And so we get a lot of questions about whether a Christian can participate in various questionable practices of an employer. And the questions are usually very specific, but the principles tend to be broadly applicable. Today's question is from an anonymous woman who writes in. She, she writes this, Pastor John, hello. I am a nurse in surgery pre-op and recovery for a hospital that performs gender reassignment surgeries. I play no role in the decisions made to undergo these surgeries. I believe the decision itself is sinful. The question I cannot resolve is this. Is it sinful for me to serve as a nurse involved in the care of these patients in the pre-op and recovery settings? My answer is going to be that I think she should move her nursing ministry, which which is what it is, it's a ministry, she's a Christian and she's a nurse, move that ministry to a setting that does not practice surgeries or hormones that uh, are used as part of the illusion that a man can become a woman or a woman can become a man. And what I think will be helpful for me to do here is to step back and try to understand why it is that sometimes it is good and appropriate for a Christian to work in an institution where perhaps nobody else is a believer, and why sometimes it would be inappropriate or harmful to work in such a setting, and why that would be the case. What would be the difference between when it's good and when it's not good? So we'll take a hospital as an example. Let's just suppose, for the sake of the illustration, that nobody else in this hospital is a Christian. Nobody, just this one nurse. What that means biblically, according to Romans 14.23 and Hebrews 11.6, is that virtually everything done in this hospital by everybody except this woman is sinful. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God, and whatever is not from faith is sin, those two texts say. But here's the the other massively important fact. Because of God's common grace, and because some of his law is written on every human heart, including unbelievers, and because there are in many of these unbelieving medical employees vestiges of external Christian virtue, the shell left over from when they or their parents or grandparents believed, because of those three facts, most of the practices and most of the short-term goals of this healing institution are externally the same practices and the same short-term goals that this Christian nurse is pursuing. They pursue them in unbelief. Hmm. She pursues them because of her faith 
in Christ. All kinds of surgeries, all kinds of medications, all kinds of therapies and policies of care and protection. Unbelievers are pursuing these, and she's pursuing these, because their external form is the form of Christ-exalting love, which for her are acts of worship. But for the unbelievers, they're justified by man-centered values. And given what hospitals are for, there is a remarkable external behavioral overlap, like doing surgery or short-term goal, like making the patient comfortable. There is an amazing overlap between the Christ-exalting love of the nurse and the man-centered, unbelieving humanism of the other staff, an overlap of external forms of virtue. Now, one of the remarkable things about this situation is that the external practices and the short-term goals flow so naturally from both the heart of the Christian nurse and the hearts of unbelievers that neither assumes that the other is a Christian or a non-Christian because of participation in these shared practices and goals. So the Christian nurse does not feel compromised by her working there. It doesn't imply that she shares the unbelieving worldview. Now, what happens when some of God's common grace is withheld? And God's law, written on the heart, is more deeply suppressed. And the vestiges of external Christian virtue from previous generations are more fully abandoned. What happens is that some of the overlap between Christ-exalting, faith-rooted Christian behavior and unbelieving behavior is lost. Some of the overlap is lost. For example, the hospital staff, instead of caring for old people, now may euthanize them, kill them. Instead of caring for mothers and babies in crisis pregnancies, they may kill the children. Instead of helping men flourish as men and women flourish as women, they pursue the illusion of surgically and hormonally turning men into women and women into men which can never happen. Suddenly, or not so suddenly, the powers that be in the hospital have shifted from the common grace of healing to the demonic purpose of destruction. Instead of palliative compassion for the aged, they destroy them. Instead of prenatal and postnatal care, they destroy the unborn. Instead of valuing God-given maleness and God-given femaleness, they destroy them. In the first two cases, the destruction is death. In the case of surgically or hormonally trying to make women out of men or men out of women, they not only reject God's good design for male and female, but they set in motion 
often irreversible contradictions between body and soul that lead to miseries that our generation has scarcely begun to imagine over the next decades. Mm. Which means that now we have a new situation for our Christian nurse. Some of the new practices and the new short-term goals are no longer common grace flowing from unbelieving hearts. Now the practices and goals themselves, not just their unbelieving roots, but the goals and practices themselves are contrary to God's will, deeply destructive for those who ought to be getting care, not harm. So the Christian nurse is faced with a new challenge. Not how do I act as a Christian in pursuing shared views of, et- of external good, which is what she's been living with for time up until these new practices. Not how do I, as a Christian, practice pursuing shared views of external good, but can I act as a Christian in sharing practices and goals that no longer reflect God's common grace? no longer reflect God's law written on the heart, no longer reflect any vestiges of long-abandoned Christian virtue. And my encouragement to this nurse is no, because now your skill and ministry are no longer simply a bona fide participation in a common grace of healing done in the name of Jesus, but now your skill and ministry have to be used in a setting where the external manifestations of God's order are openly defied and where untold damage is being done to sometimes desperate people, which means that your participation becomes, against your will, a support for contradicting God's revealed will, for damaging people, and for bringing part of the ongoing normalization of evil in this hospital and in the world. So I encourage you to seek the Lord earnestly for alternative ways to use your life-giving abilities. Thank you, Pastor John. Well, it uh, takes a team to bring Desiring God resources to the world and to reach non-English speakers. That includes Andy laboring in Albania. You heard his voice at the top of the episode, and we wanted to uh, conclude this episode by asking him for a ministry update, and here is what he shared with us. My name is Andy Dina, and I am from Tirana, Albania. I'm leading Ignis Ministry Albania, which is a native organization, and we are publishing books, translating articles, The first book we translated was Coronavirus in Christ, and that was the moment that we launched the website, and we had a great result out of that book. A Christian organization that was working with blind people, uh, they got an audio version of Coronavirus in Christ, and they were all together hearing that. And that uh, pastor that was leading that ministry, he was really thanking us for providing this resource also in audio version, which was the first time we were doing an, an audiobook in uh, Albanian language. The relationship with Desiring God, it's much deeper than uh, just 
resources or translation. It's a really empowerment for us. They have been like a family to us and uh, taking care of many uh, more needs than just the financial part. The reason why we started to translate materials from Design God was mainly because they were the first organization that responded to our need for gospel-centered resources. They really trusted in us and uh, resourced us and financially supported us to launch this ministry for the first time in 2019. Thank you for every contribution that you have been doing to every donation giving to Design God. That has been so important for us in Albanian to receive uh, help, financial help also, and to see a lot of books and articles made available. My second son is 11 years old, and he reads books from Dr. Piper now, and also uh, listen to Ask Pastor John podcast, which we have been able to translate in Albanian. So a whole generation of uh, uh, Christians and, uh, and hopefully non-Christian as well are being impacted. And I'm so grateful for each single dollar that you have been giving because that has had a global impact and will continue to have. It's an amazing testimony. This is one of 10 languages that this podcast is being translated into. APJ is heard in 10 different languages around the world. It's incredible to hear how APJs and other translated materials introduce Desiring God's resources to a region and then open new doors for other resources that we have. It's incredible. Thank you, Andy, for your faithful labors here. If you're listening and you're already a ministry partner with Desiring God, you're in this work. Everything that Andy just talked about, you're in it. So thank you for your partnership already. And if you're not yet a partner and you want to join in what's happening through Desiring God in the English-speaking world, and how it overflows to reach the spiritual needs in Albania. You can join us today. Become a monthly ministry partner. Much of our financial support comes from friends of ours who give, on average, $30 a month to support all of this work. Uh, to set up monthly giving, go to give.desiringgod.org. That's give.desiringgod.org. Very much appreciated. We'll see you next year, next year in 2023 on Monday. I'll see you then.